This is Brother to Brother, a podcast on homesteading God and life from the perspective of the Stevenson brothers. I'm Clay Stevenson, and I'm here with Brian Stevenson. Hello. <laughs> and we're going to talk a little bit. Sounds good. Since this is our first podcast, I thought it would be a good idea for us to introduce ourselves, give some context for our conversations. So, Brian, let's start with you. Brian with a Y. Very important. Got to start there. <laughs> Stevenson with a V. Yeah. If you go- if you Google me up, you're going to find the guy that wrote the Justice book, which is uh, a very good book, but that's not me. Right. <laughs> I Google myself regularly. And I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that this podcast will help me to move up the Google ranking charts and maybe I could show up somewhere on that first page. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> that will happen. The things going on in my life, I guess, is kind of what we're going to end up talking about a lot. I've really gotten plugged in with some of these podcasts now out there with folks that are willing to embrace doubt and work through it and and learn more about life and creation and God kind of outside the boundaries of American evangelical Christianity. Yeah. So that's, I think, going to be a big part of, of what we talk about. And I work in IT. I work for Anthem Healthcare as a database programmer. I do big data analytics and uh, processing the data for healthcare. And it's enjoyable and interesting work, but it is disconnecting work. And in doing some research on it, the the Industrial Revolution kind of moved people away from people working on things. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Working with people and working on things that directly benefited them, Mm. right? So instead of going out and planting a crop and harvesting it and selling it, now you're sitting in a warehouse and um, trying to sell somebody else's crops to somebody else for some other purpose. So now you're one step removed. Or in my case, I'm so far removed from it, I'm working on computers that store the data that is used to pay third party for the doctors that are doing the work to help the people. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. so, it's like, am I really helping people? <laughs> right. right. I mean, I guess I am, but I'm not connected to it. Yeah. And so part of what I want to do now is to be able to shift towards a more connecting type of, of work and do something good for the world, for people, for the environment. Um, we're starting to learn more and more about sustainability, about agriculture, primarily uh, beekeeping, fruits, uh, Trees, nuts, berries, uh, the things that kind of work well with with bees, maybe doing it in a permaculture method, which tries to make use of the land as it's naturally uh, designed. And so I think we'll be able to talk about some of that, too. We're very, very early in that process, but it's it's my plan is to gradually move away from sitting behind a computer and having really limited interactions and a limited impact and shifting that more locally and having an impact on my neighborhood and community through the food that we eat and and through taking care of the environment. Yeah. So I think we'll have the opportunity to talk about that as well. Nice. And I'm Clay Stevenson. I'm 38. I'm Brian's younger brother. And I work as a music production professor at a university in North Carolina. There's a lot of similarities between my story and Brian's, other than I connect with people in my workplace, and I truly enjoy that. 
Um, and it's it's doing something that I really enjoy. It's a field I really am passionate about. Um, I mean, in, in, in education, you're having an impact on those kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's definitely, you're able to be an influence directly on them, hopefully for good, it, whether it's technically and, you know, what they're learning or just showing them what it's like to, to, to live a Christ-like walk. Yeah. So. And I... Th- and, and what I enjoy most is not necessarily the technical aspects or, you know, teaching the facts about audio and the physics of sound and that sort of thing. I, I enjoy more talking to them about the reasons and the rationale for doing what you're doing and talking to them about connecting to people through their music and trying to change things through their music. So that that's where I really get excited. And I also... Um, I really enjoy dealing one-on-one with them and talking about life issues. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the things I struggle with are, um, you know, how much good am I really doing, even, even in that position? Um, you mm-hmm. know, I, I constantly want to do more good and, and want them to be in the best place. Um, but for us, we ended up buying 10 acres in an old farmhouse, basically based on Angie's, my wife's interest in farming and livestock. Um, and that was encouraged through uh, researching and studying people like Joel Salatin, who really has a great concept of how um, God and nature kind of work together in this harmonious way and how we can be part of that process. Did any um, Netflix documentaries play a role in that? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Man, we watched yeah. that one, I think it's called Vegucated or something, where they showed the factory farms and it was it was graphic. I mean, we were like ready to swear off all meat forever. Frankensteer or whatever. Yeah, real clever. Yeah, yeah. but um, a lot of it was honestly um, when our dad was really sick and in the hospital. So he had cancer. So it got us thinking about ways that we could be more healthy and ways that we could be better stewards and ways that we could take better care of ourselves and our kids. All of it started pointing back to what we eat. And um, so we thought, man, if we could raise our own food, if we could really truly be a homestead where we're raising things that we eat. And like you, it's been very slow. Uh, We've tossed around so many different ideas. We've tried so many different things. Um, We're constantly learning. And there's something that's truly enjoyable about being out in space Mm -hmm. and working on the land and being part of nature and, and that's not even, when I think of the ways that I connect to God, that's not even one that's like at the very top for me. Right. Um, but there's something that is really, really special about it. It's and, very and, natural. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, the way that we connect to God a lot of times, it's, it's almost, it seems unnatural because you seclude yourself away and, and kind of force yourself into a sense of meditation or prayer. Right. Or you go and, and have music to help you. But I noticed the exact same thing that you did when I go up to the property and it's like I just open the door and step outside and I instantly have just a sense of peace and joy just just being there. Yeah. And it it just happens. It's not anything that I have to to generate or create. So that's that's neat. And and I've been in, and Angie does that's the number one way she connects to God and so she'll she'll often say after she's been working out in the garden she'll come in and she'll just say hey I had church right and I'm like I get it 
and yep. you know that's kind of where we're at so it'll be fun to talk about homesteading it'll be fun to talk about life was getting your kids to eat dirt was that part of the health plan yeah or- they, they, <laughs> they do that on their own <laughs> which some uh, studies say, have shown that actually yeah, <laughs> so true our youngest um he's so dirty he is the dirtiest kid but he's really he's really healthy we just um yesterday pulled a tick out so he i'm starting to get a little more cautious about ticks i have a couple of students that have lyme disease and it's really affected them so i was pretty it's nonchalant no oh, yeah i was pretty nonchalant about ticks for the last couple of years so i've been more conscious of trying to make sure you know, we check the kids. I mean, we're not big on spray when they go out, but but if you're conscious and you check yourself, but when you come in, you can get rid of the ticks. You know, yeah. but it, somehow he and it's getting cooler, so we we aren't we haven't been checking as consistently. And he comes in, he has a tiny little tick. Angie pulls it off, but the head gets stuck in there. Um, the worst. When that's happened in the past, we just let it grow out. Well, now he has like a rash around it, so we're gonna have to watch it. You know, make sure everything's okay. But but that's that's the kind of kid he is. You know, I don't know where right. he picked it up. I'm sure he's rolling around out there in the grass somewhere, <laughs> riding the goat or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Faith. So. So Andy Stanley came out and in church talked about the saying, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And um, he said, this is where our trouble began, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) Like, I I don't have personally an issue with that. So I've gone through some deconstruction of my faith, and I don't have an issue with him saying that because we were taught that the Bible said specific things growing up, and it was backed up by the Bible, right? Right. But that's yeah, just how you know that something in the Bible is true because something else in the Bible says that it is. Right, right. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so we're in that situation, and then it's an interpretation, somebody's interpretation, right? So we're still in a situation where the meaning is is very subjective, depending on who's doing the interpretation. Andy Stanley came back out in another article that I read. He, he basically wanted people to understand that he still held the Bible as an inerrant word of God. And he wasn't, that's not what he was trying to say, but I don't hold that belief. So I'm not right. in that place where I feel like every word is is verbatim out of God's mouth. Now, is a whole thing inspired by God or explains to us or it depicts the Spirit of God or the Spirit of God flows through it? Or is it perfect as kind of a work of art? Yes, for all right. those things. But I think it's you're potentially in a dangerous place. Like if you can't st- take a step back from anything and, you know, look at that with the logic and with reason, which are God-given, you know, gifts to us as humans, then then to me, that's kind of maybe the um, the core <laughs> of these people's issues. So you know, yeah. some, some people would say that, and this maybe is part of what Stanley was trying to say, that the Bible ends up becoming the object that is worshipped. It becomes the idol, the thing that defines the truth, the thing that we have a relationship with, and that's not what it should be. And that it should be that our relationship is with Jesus, regardless of the Bible. And, and kind of something that illustrated that to me was if you think about the early church, they didn't have the New Testament, right? They had a relationship exactly, right? with Jesus. They didn't have mm-hmm. a letters written by Paul and the gospel accounts for for. 150, 200 years. So that kind of illustrates the point in real terms that 
that relationship with Jesus came first. That relationship with God came first. And then the Bible is the is kind of the way to gain that relationship and learn about that relationship, but it's not the, the relationship. Right. Well, I love how in the Jewish faith, they're taught to question from the beginning. They yeah, think this right. is part of their practice is to question, to try to find new meanings from the Torah. And, and to me, my walk has become more and more that with the Bible and with Jesus is trying to find out new meanings and new pathways and trying to like press in deeper than the, than the things that I was taught growing up or what's commonly taught in the Christian church. Right. But I like, I like the idea that you had where you were thinking about this situation and you were thinking about how maybe one of the issues is that we spend too much time and energy debating these topics rather than loving people. Yes. Right. Yeah. The, that whole, the fact that he said that in a sermon and Andy Stanley said that in a sermon and we've got like, you know, Sadducees and Pharisee watchdogs out there looking for somebody to make a misstep so they can publish a blog and start a conversation. And he showed a lot of grace in responding to those criticisms and, and trying to help people understand his point of view and man, I kind of was looking at it thinking, man, for, forget that. Let's we got work to do here. Let's what are we doing debating these types of things? Well, and I think on the other side, a lot of people see it as a fundamental issue of whether the Bible is infallible, whether it's inerrant, and that that is a, a kind of the crux of the Christian faith. Right. But I think we have to be able to set aside even that difference, which seems like a major difference in order to join together to do the work that God wants us to do. And then tying it back into politics is the work that God wants us to do, getting a certain person elected to office. Right, I don't right. think it is. You know, I just really don't. I was telling Leanne, with that 30 acres that we bought, by us having that 30 acres there, we're not letting it be uh, used by logging industry, which is really big up there. Mm-hmm. There's a factory chicken farm across the road. We're not letting it be used by a factory chicken farm. It's right. sitting there, natural woods, just doing its thing. Doing God's we're, work. We're doing more for the environment <laughs> than right. electing any person would do. You know, it's like, yeah, let's yeah. let's all do our part and so see, true, you know, see change in the world. It's, I don't know. Yeah, well, what was interesting to me is that, back to Andy Stanley, is that when he was talking about it in his follow-up, he was talking about the idea that when we focus on defending the Bible, we miss touching and connecting to millennials or or mm-hmm. we miss connecting to this generation, right? Because they're not interested in trying to hear the Bible defended. They're looking for connections. They're looking for love. Um, Andy Stanley talked about affirming their beliefs. And, and to me, all of that is awesome. And I think that should be general life principles, right? So we're going to try to connect with people. Let's not, you know, walk into these situations and be defensive. But I almost, I go a step further where I don't really believe that I am supposed to be proselytizing in the same way that I was taught to outreach growing up. So I, I, I don't like the great commission to me kind of takes on a new meaning in that instead of going out and trying to preach to everybody. Let me just be with people. Let me baptize the world in God's love through me loving them, you know? Yep. And and I think God can work through that 
more powerfully than trying to have someone go or through a get conversion somebody, experience or something. Get somebody to say the sinner's prayer. Right, exactly, exactly. Dude, did you hear about Joe Buck? No. So he's the Fox Sports commentator. Yeah, yeah, no, Joe. He's got a nice set, of, nice head of hair, hair plugs. Oh, yeah. There you go. He said he was addicted to hair plugs. Oh my getting gosh! Hair plugs. Wow. And and he actually during one of the surgeries, it caused the right side of his vocal cords to get paralyzed. Oh my gosh! And he told Fox he couldn't go on the air. He told them that the reason was because he caught a virus. So nobody knew about his hair plug. Oh thing. my gosh! It was the secret like thing. He's got a book coming out now, which is why he uh, he made it public. Right. But right, he was right. like, "Look, it's just van- vanity. It wasn't anything else. It's yeah. just vanity." And I was embarrassed by it. So yeah, nice he- full head of hair, hair plug surgery. Yeah, I mean, man. So my thing is this: like, I think I would look better with a full set of, you know, f- set of hair. <laughs> 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 we don't even know how to talk about it. We're so... <laughs> but um, I took a little pill to help my hair grow for like two or three months back. Did in... it work? I don't know. I don't know. I, I took it. Oh, for... you didn't give it enough of a chance. No, I, I mean, whatever. I, I had the, the first prescription, which was like, maybe it was like six months or something. So it was like a pill a month. Um, so I did it for like six months. And then I just don't like taking pills. So I, I was yeah, you like, hardly even take like Tylenol. Or yeah, anything, I barely dude. take Tylenol. I I took one Tylenol today because I was screaming headache, but it knocks it out because I I you know never take yeah I'm just not taking many many pills. But I was I, gonna say if it worked, we could get him as a sponsor maybe. And that's right. Man, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did that for a couple months, and then I said, you know what. Uh, but you were married. Were you married at the time? Yeah, I was married. I was married. So what were you? What was your thought process behind? Um, it? I just I thought so I was in my early twenties, and I thought, man, I, I feel like my hair's getting thinner. Um, I feel like I'm too young for that. You know, it obviously didn't bother me that much, right? Um, but but see, I have a friend now who's my age, and we were talking one day, and I was I said some kind of like hair joke, and I was, and he's got this great head of hair, and he's like, well, I take I take the pill for it. Like, uh, wow, that thing, that thing works like a charm, you know. <laughs> Ozer, yeah. <laughs> Everything I knew about you is a lie. That's right. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, huh? What if I could take that pill and grow my hair back? You know. <laughs> right. yeah. I, what, what's interesting to me is why, like, even now, if I if I look, if I go, I typically don't even go a week without shaving it, right? But if if I go a week or longer and I notice it, it, it'll look like I have regular baldness. Like even though I feel like I have a little bit of hair on top. Right. I'll look at me, oh, it doesn't look right. good. I gotta take care. <laughs> that's right. But but then I'm thinking, who who am I trying to impress? Like yeah, that's what? Right. But it's like, why do I care? But I do care. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I, I I guess there's a little bit of vanity that we all have that you just wanna you have a picture of the way you wanna look and 
and maybe it's not all a bad thing because maybe it helps you, you know, stay in shape or, you know, right. help, yeah. helps you not, you know, look, look bad for your spouse or set a good example for your kids or, or something. But really at the root, I mean, I think there's a little bit of vanity in there. That's some social pressures. You know, we, we live in, yeah. we're such social beings, you know, we don't want to totally look like the crazy balding old guy who's not that old yet you know <laughs> it is a generational thing too though because people over 50 or 60 oh yeah they'll rock they'll rock the male pattern clown, baldness clown look the clown <laughs> is that what it's called <laughs> that's what so, I call it so, <laughs> so, so if you grow hair around the sides and not up top that's the Close clown up. look <laughs> that's, that's rough <laughs> I, I just see that in my head. <laughs> That's what you tell yourself. Quick, quick clown and yo. <laughs> oh, that's rough. No, but sometimes you see it on somebody and it looks so right. Right. You're like, oh, yeah, that, that looks pretty good. But I think those people are generally better looking than I am just from the get go. <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of hair they have, you know, bald yeah, or it's shorter, too. Yeah. If it's really like poofing out that's where you get the clown <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> so so for me the the shave part was the commitment and um man taking a straight razor to your head is a thing like that's oh, yeah. i remember the first time i did it i mean it must have taken me like 45 minutes like yeah. it took a long time i was you know kind of and i was like how do how do i see back behind my head and you know how do i how do I, you know, now I can go in there and I can get it, I can knock it out in five, 10 minutes at most, you know? Right. Um, but I still have like a mirror and I still do like this whole thing where I'm kind of like looking behind me and, you know. I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever use a mirror or nothing. Really? I'm just in the shower and do it by touch. So Dude. I just like go do the whole thing once over and then I'll come back and feel the spots I missed and redo it and I'm done. You're a master. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Well, you do have like a good I do my entire head in five strokes. <laughs> <laughs> now you go back to the front and you go like against the grain and then with the grain kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, one, what's your one, technique? One, I just don't stop. I just, I just <laughs> it's like cutting the grass. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you start on the outside. You kind of work all the way around. <laughs> oh man! Uh, I, I use the too. Uh, I use a bunch of different razors, and now, like on all these podcasts and stuff, they're advertising Harry's. I mean, I use the Mach Three, and I try like twenty blades on that thing. I, I get tired of that. I like the three blades. Wow! I got tried. I'm a two blade, hundred percent. Really? I've yeah. tried the four, five, and the two blade ones. I don't know. I like the three blades. I, I use the the green Gillette. I got the Costco like m millennia pack that lasted me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. lasted me forever. You know, and and don't throw those things out until they go bad. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's once the, I start bleeding, then that's I'm like, right. I probably <laughs> exactly exactly. So man, you do. All it all by feel and touch, man. I need to get into that. But you, I was gonna say you do have like ten years on me with that. I've got more experience. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why it's good that we're doing this podcast so we can I can share some of my wisdom with you with the world. You go, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> with all twenty of the people that that's are right. <laughs> listening. So wait, do you use uh, you use any like shave cream or 
Shaving cream, yeah. Shaving cream, yeah. Yeah. Like what kind? Like some kind of old school foamy type? No, yeah. Aerosol. Like the the brush. The brush (laughs) in the bowl that you... Yeah, yeah. No, I was talking about what's... what's, Yeah. (laughs) Mortar and pestle. (laughs) With a brush. What do you call it? I don't know. The little uh, tub. Yeah, but it has like the horse hair on it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You always get like two or three of those stuck up in your beard or whatever. You're like, what did that... Man, what did that grow from? (laughs) That's right. There's the only different types I've seen is the gel that comes out as like a gel and then it foams up. Yeah, yeah. When you use it and then the type that's foamy from the start. Yeah, which one do you go with? Uh, I used to use the gel. I don't use it anymore. I get the foam. Straight foam. Straight foam. Yeah. (laughs) Bypass the gel stage. (laughs) See, I got to get you on to the organic stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Trader Joe's. How much more do you pay for that, dude? Tra- oh, Trader, Trader, Trader Joe's. Joe's good, yeah. yeah. So Trader Joe's sells like this kind of orange mango stuff, and it doesn't lather very well. Of oh, course, you can't do fruit. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I don't know if I would do fruity. It's it's kind of this mango thing, but it's it's awesome, man. And it doesn't. The problem with it, I mean, it's super like uh, has a nice like film, you know, that, that helps your razor slide over it. But the problem is, is like to wash it off is brutal. Like it takes an extra, like, you know, five like rinses <laughs> to actually get it off your scalp. And then you still kind of feel like it's there, you know, it's like the soft water. Like you never feel yeah. like you're totally clean, yeah. you know? So that, that's the downside, but it's, I think the downside would be the lingering mango smell. <laughs> I don't know how, that's the upside, brother. That's the upside. <laughs> so my question, I'm I'm back to this your method, right? So you you take <laughs> you take the Mach three. Yeah. And and how fast are you moving with this? I mean, is this mock oh. mock speed? <laughs> yeah. The goal really is to finish as fast as possible. <laughs> Man, we should have a shave off. If you ever do <laughs> So this is what we'll do. This is what we'll do. It'll, it'll be it'll be a combination of points here. Like speed, accuracy. Right. So it can't just be that you're faster. Like if, if right. you if, you're, if you got you got strips that you missed. That's right. Then uh, yeah. Like how often have you come like home Like a typing test. Exactly. Yeah. So how often have you come home from work? And you look at yourself, and you're like, "Oh, dude, I had a big yeah. black patch." I feel it because I'm always like, it's just kind of touching my head. <laughs> so yeah, I will feel it. And then there's one time at work. I, so wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're constantly like have your hands on your head like throughout the <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not like an ape or something, but <laughs> like, what do you, what do you, what do you, like, you know, it's like a, a face palm when you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that guy did. So I right. put my hand, hand on my head and like, right. so yeah, I just kind of am always doing that. That's funny. And, uh, and so, uh, so it was bothering me so much cause I felt a spot that I missed. Uh. So I pull out my good old swiss army knife yeah and head in the bathroom and i'm trying to like straight razor it with my knife <laughs> <That's> not, <laughs> like not dry gonna, <laughs> not gonna end well yeah just dry and i just i just basically chafed like the side of my head oh it didn't cut I, it didn't bleed but i didn't cut any of the hair either right it's it got all red so that's another tip for you is don't uh don't try that don't <laughs> <laughs> don't take your dirty 
dull Swiss, Swiss Army knife. That's right. <laughs> and well, I pull out the long blade first, and that's what I always use. And I thought maybe the short blade will be sharper. Short blade is sharper. Or short blade, and I don't know. You just didn't want to go with the clown look that day. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> uh, you, you should have a Mach 3 or 4 or whatever in your drawer at your office to... Yeah. 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 Just in case. But then I could I know what's gonna happen with you because this is how you are. You're gonna wake up one day, run a little bit late, and you're just like, Well, I'll just shave at the office. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be yeah. in there with some water and some really cheap hand soap lathering right. up the hand soap. <laughs> right. Walk in. What is going on here? <clears throat> I do I do miss a spot uh, typically right in front of my ear. Oh yeah. Uh, above and in front of my ear. That's probably the disadvantage to the Mach 3 compared to like a, a fewer blades. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because we you just using that back blade to try to, you know, get the yeah. precision spots. <laughs> exactly. So you really need multiple. You need multiple razors to be able to get all the different spots. Oh, yeah. That's, that was the other thing I was going to ask you. Uh, have you ever gone to the barber and gotten a, gotten a shave? Yeah. So I've, I've gotten a shave at the barber. I've never gotten my head shaved at right. the barber. Like, I want to do that. That it's it's uh I mean I've seen Sweeney Todd, right? So I'm a little. It makes me a little anxious. It it I I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> we have like our neighbor. He he owns a barber shop. What? And he does legit work. He's got a. It's right around the corner from us. And he cuts Jaren's hair now. He's cut Davin's hair, and he's got a beard guy there. And he's got. I mean, it's all legit. And I was talking to him like, man, I that straight edge is like, it just freaks me out. And he's like, oh yeah, we, we get that sometimes. He's all trying to make accommodations for me and stuff. But it's like they could literally kill me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's like this is what I this is what I told Leanne. She's she's making fun of me and 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 mocking me. But I'm like, look, that's the equivalent of somebody pointing a loaded gun at my temple. Yeah. There- I'm not comfortable with it. She's like, that's just ridiculous. I want to do it just for the experience and, you know, get it done right or whatever, but I don't know. I would make fun of you, but those things are super sharp and they're yeah. not small. Right. They're like a legit blade. Yeah. When, they're, when they pull that thing out, yeah. I mean, that's... Four but, inches. But here's inches. what's so fantastic about getting getting shaved at the barber is they use like the super hot like uh, some kind of shave cream and then you know they put like a, a rag on you and they you know and it's it's definitely kind of like a pamper yourself kind of thing for dudes now the the whole head shave I just like they do faces I just don't right. know like how much experience they have doing a, a full head so right. I don't I should go though there's a guy so in North Carolina you have to go to be a barber so anybody can work at from I know this from talking to the barber when I used to go to the barber here. Um, right. Anybody can can pretty much work at Supercuts or one of those right. places and cut hair. But to be right. a barber and to advertise yourself as a barber, you have to go to barber school. Uh, and this is a legit like I think this guy said it took him a year to get through. He was a police officer before, and he was said it was harder than like the police academy. <laughs> like, so, yeah and so a barber if you are a barber you can use a straight razor and you can shave otherwise it's not legal to do that in north carolina 
Well, I mean, it makes sense. They're going to be wielding deadly weapons. They need to be trained in what they're doing there. Yeah, so I don't know if that's a commentary on how great the barber school it is or how terrible police academy is in North Carolina. <laughs> right, <You know? laughs> exactly. You know, I'm thinking about it. I've never been, I've never had anything done at a barbershop. Oh, my goodness. Or a super cuts or anything. Are you serious? I've never had Yeah, because mom always cut my hair when I was a kid. And then as an adult, I've never had hair. So yeah. I never. <laughs> hey, you should just, you should go for the shave one day. Well, I want to go for my beard, you know, but I guess we could talk about, we could do beard talk next week. Yeah, yeah, we got to do beard talk with No Shave November. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking was going for, I was planning to do it last year, and I actually even set up an appointment, and then... Chickened out. I, I, I did. I had something else come <laughs> up, came up, and I could have moved it, but I was like, oh, it's a sign, I'm just not supposed to go. Yeah. Well, maybe what we need to do is both go and get, like, full-on shave head and beard and then come back and report about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wonder if they would use a, uh, you know, if I requested it, they would just use a, a regular razor. Oh my of <laughs> <laughs> Can I bring my Mach 3 in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bring your own razor or... I was, I was well, the, the barbershop's a whole different deal, you know, like, so I went to this barbershop that that's what it was. It's a barbershop and it's North Carolina. So you go in and it's like, how you doing? You know, right. and, and you know, the whole time you're kind of trying to be tough and, you know, hanging out with the dudes in there and, you yeah. know, reading Sports Illustrated and got the game on. And, and so you go up and the guy's like, so what you want? You know, yeah. How do you want me? Cut? How do you want to cut it? And, and it's like, how do you communicate that? You know, normally at a, at a salon, you show pictures of, you know, I want this hairstyle. Barbershop's not like that. I'm like, well, you know, a little short on the side and a little longer on top. You know, <laughs> like, you it's always the same. And a party in the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the barbershop in North Carolina. I mean, the guys, you know, you don't, you don't go in there and ask for the Bieber cut right. or whatever. Right. You know, right. he'll ask. He he will ask sometimes, like what. And not anymore because I don't go, but he would ask, like, what size clippers? He was like, you want the number two? You want the number three? Uh, yeah, and then he yeah. would always say, you want me to get your eyebrows? Uh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, go ahead. And one time he botched them. What? He messed it up? He botched them, yeah. You can't be messing up. He, he did the super short, um, like, clippers. I didn't know what he meant. Like, I, I, I figured, like, he saw a long eyebrow or something, and he was going to, like, just clip it, like, with his scissors. Oh, so he's up there shaving your head he, with the whatever, and he's like, you want me to get your eyebrows, too? You're like, yeah, man. And yes. then he just... <laughs> exactly <laughs> what happened. Oh, and then... And then uh, he, but he, he used a super short... Like, he didn't even use a... He didn't even use a um, a number that distanced the... Right. The... the, 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 the the electric, you know, hair trimmer from the, right. from the face. So it just was like, and then I, and then I was kind of thinking to myself like, oh, that's cool. You know, I, I didn't realize it, but I, I trusted him. And then I looked, right. went home and I looked down and I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> you almost shaved. like my right eyebrow was like almost half gone. Oh man. That was terrible. So that's next time I, he asked me, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Do not touch and then I was nervous after that because you know, the wives' tale is once you start shaving something, then it starts growing backward. I'm like, dude, I'm going to have bushy eyebrows now. You know, like he took the, you know, electric hair trimmer to him and now I'm doomed. 
And if the one looked worse than the other, then it's going to come back thicker. Yeah, all, yeah. One is way thicker than the other. Exactly. Well, surprisingly, it's like totally fine now. So, you know. Yeah, this guy here, uh, Joseph, at his barbershop, when, when he did Jaren's, have you seen the guys that have the, the it's the, the hipsters, the hipsters. So, yeah, the hipster haircut where it's like there's a part and, and it, it flows over the top and the sides are short. Have you seen that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that part is like shaved. Oh. I never knew that. And so he did it for Jaron and he totally went in there with the razor, uh, electric razor and shaved that little part in a perfectly straight line. Oh, to it, was, get it. it was amazing. To and get, then that's where the part is. Oh, to get the part to actually look like a s- serious part. Yep. Oh, yep. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And a lot, most of the guys that have the haircut, that's what I see. But then you got to keep going back to keep it maintained. Yeah. And that's no. another thing about shaving your head. You even buying Mach Three razors, you know, I'm saving all kinds of money. Oh, dude, when I bought that Costco, you know, like fifty pack. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. man, I've saved so much money on razors. So, so for all those guys out there who are just, you know, going through the motions, man, wrestling with it. So you got to think about your single guys. Think about your dating guys. Think about your married guys. Like what? What's the answer for them? You know, we're coming from some experience here, at least where we've had thinning hair and then we've shaved our heads. And well, what do you say? Well, you had your buddy that did the is doing the Propecia. It works for him. Yeah, he's doing the medicine, man, and it's I working. Mean, so vanity is interesting, right? Because we we look at it as a negative, uh, but. I've noticed, I don't care much about clothes and, and all this type of stuff, but when I put on like clothes that fit nicely and are nice clothes, I feel better about myself. Yes. I just feel, I just have more, uh, maybe it's not confidence, but I just have a, I just feel better. And so I think it is important. It's like we shouldn't just dismiss it as vanity as if it doesn't matter. Right. So maybe, maybe for some people it's enough of a, um, they're, they're self-conscious enough about it that, it makes sense to go talk to the doc and see what you could do. I mean, there's a ton of options out there. Yeah, yeah. But, but Maybe it's worth doing just to have a good self-image. Well, it's interesting. Is, is, as you were talking about that, um, I started thinking about how economy plays such a big role in that. So mm. people who have more means can pay for things, you know, surgeries or... Um, clothes or whatever to to cause themselves to look more appealing and pleasing to other people. Um, right. And then the other thing, the other kind of side of that is depending on what job you have, how you look can make a big difference in how you're promoted or how you're viewed in the workplace. I mean, jobs where you're interacting con- more constantly with people. Yeah. Um, but here's so here's the thing though with all of that is what I've found over time is that confidence and self assurance trumps appearance every time. Right. You know. So yep. if if you're the kind of person that has um, you're very personable, you have um, a personality that draws people in, then man, oftentimes it doesn't matter. You know. How you look. Right. I mean, we've all seen the guy that's not the best looking dude, but he's just like super cool. He's got a great personality and has this, right. you know, amazing, you know, wife or significant other or whatever. 
Right. So that that's definitely a thing. Yeah, and you think, how could that be? Right. And, and it's because of who that guy is, uh, how he portrays himself, how he carries himself. Uh, and it's tough because I, I don't know how easy that is to change about about yourself, right? If you don't have confidence in yourself, how do you get that? Mm. Whereas if you if there's something about the way you look, there are some things you could do to change it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you could you could dress a certain way to help give yourself that confidence if it's not something you naturally have. That's true. I, I mean, I guess maybe part of the way uh, that we can help in that area is just to is to show that type of kindness and respect for people and encourage them in their worth and their beauty, regardless of their their physical appearance. You know, exactly. Like you think as parents. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. As parents, and friends, and spouses, and you know, and all those types of relationships where we're close with somebody to continue to to encourage people in in who they are and their unsurpassable worth. Well, thank you for joining us today. If you're interested in finding out more about us or connecting with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Brother to Brother Podcast. 